What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the OMG My Money podcast, where we talk personal finance, side hustling, and sports cards. Welcome to episode three. You can find the show notes at omgmymoney.com slash three. And also check the episode notes where you'll find additional information from the episode and how to connect with me. What I'll go over in this episode is an introduction to my sports cards background, how I got involved into this world, what I'm doing now, how sports cards became one of my main side hustles, and just why I'm so passionate about sports cards. My earliest memory of being interested in sports cards was in the early 90s during the height of the junk wax era. I remember getting a bunch of cards and a huge price guide. Don't know where it came from, but I remember just I'd, I'd sit down for hours looking through all those cards, like 1989 and 1990 Topps baseball cards. And I, I remember getting so excited to see that a card was worth 40 cents or 50 cents. So excited and so much so that I would write down these values on the card itself with a number two pencil. My favorite memory was when I received a box set of a variety of packs. And back then, a lot of the wholesale clubs stocked cards and it was this long box, maybe three feet long, and it was just filled with loose packs. I I don't think there were any boxes, but I just remember there was a bunch of loose packs in there. And it was the thrill of getting sports cards as a gift that got me so excited. And of course, that was just the start to getting hooked on sports cards. My fondest memory is memorabilia related. As a kid growing up in Los Angeles, I was naturally a Dodgers fan. Still am a diehard Dodgers fan. Somehow, my parents found out one day that legendary coach Tommy Lasorda was going to sign at a local Carl's Jr. Immediately, I went through all my cards, digging and hoping for a Lasorda card. And lo and behold, a Topps Lasorda card was in the mix. Getting that card signed was just the start to getting hooked on free autograph signings. Now, back in the late 90s, especially going into up until the mid-2000s, there were a lot of free autograph signings at local car dealerships. You had to wait several hours, up to four, four and a half hours, especially if it was a well, very well-known local player. But as kids, these were so much fun. As I started to get older, before hitting high school, I started to lose interest in sports cards. However, when I got to high school, that sports cards bug hit me, or it started to hit me for sure. And the reason for that, it's because of the late great Kobe Bryant. Now imagine, you're growing up in Los Angeles, you're hitting high school right about the time when a high school phenom is getting talked up in the press and possibly going to your local team, the Lakers. And of course, Kobe was the most hyped player at that time. And the buzz around Kobe never died down, especially when I was going through high school. This was the time when 1996 Topps Chrome Basketball came out. Of course, with the hype around Kobe, this set instantly became iconic. Everyone wanted to shell out the big bucks for that Kobe Bryant Topps Chrome rookie card. Of course, as a high school kid and not having money, there's no way I could afford something so high-end. But I did catch that sports cards bug. So whenever I could, I would go to 7-Eleven. I would go to card shops. 
and card shows as often as I possibly could if my parents would allow me to and just start buying packs. At that time, I didn't really have a concept of buying singles. So for me, it was just buying packs and hoping to pull something. I remember buying a lot of collector's choice from 1996 to around 1998 because those were the most affordable packs. As I started to get closer to graduation and laying out my future with college and all, I again set sports cards aside and just focused on getting into college. I went to an out-of-state Big Ten school and like many Midwest schools, there really wasn't much to do except go to the local bars. During college, I never had a car. I didn't even have a computer in school. So I spent my time taking the bus and exploring the city. I would go to the mall quite frequently, um, but that mall, that trip to the mall took an hour plus. It took a couple bus transfers. But one day on the way to the mall, I noticed a sign for this really tiny card shop. And that was a time I got hit with a sports cards bug again. It was maybe a couple years into college or something like that, but it was just random day. I, I, I just happened to look up and I saw a sign for a card shop. Unfortunately, this is one of the big money more moments I experienced. As I mentioned in the previous episode, I funded 100% of my school with student loans. My loans always covered my entire tuition room, board, and food. And sometimes I even had extra left over that, I mean, looking back, I could have saved to eventually pay off my loans. But instead, what I did with that extra money was buy food and buy sports cards. This was the first time I could afford a $50 card. But with that extra money, I quickly went way over budget. As I mentioned in the last episode, I didn't have any concepts of saving or budgeting. So whenever I got that extra money, I would spend it all. As the years went on, I dabbled here and there buying and opening boxes. Um, but my favorite boxes were 1992 Bowman Baseball and 1987 Donner's Baseball. Mostly because there were a lot of legends now Hall of Famers um, that were part of both sets. But these boxes were extremely expensive back then. After graduating college, I fell into several money moron moments as detailed in the previous episode number two. I stopped paying off my debt. I went into default. I lived paycheck to paycheck, just buying stuff, including sports cards, and just being a money moron. I started to dabble in card shows and buying collections, especially during the height of the 2008 recession. I mean, at that time, I was already in massive debt, but I was putting myself into even more debt because I was buying collections and I was getting into the sports cards game. Just not smart. However, looking back, this is how I got my education in sports cards because of the skills I learned during this time. Um, yes, my saving, my budgeting, that, that didn't exist. But while I was working with people, I improved my communication. I improved my negotiating skills. So there was, there was some silver linings there that happened because of the experience I went through with sports cards. Today, I'm very much involved in sports cars and very passionate about the industry. I set up at local card shows, I buy and sell online, and both collect and invest into sports cards as one of my main alternative investments. What I collect today has really turned into a long-term alternative investment strategy that has paid off in much bigger ways than I had ever imagined. 
for long-term investments, I hold for a minimum three years. I focus on the goats of each sport. So in basketball, it'd be Jordan, LeBron, Kobe. For baseball, I focus on Albert Pujols, Mike Trout. For football, I typically focus on Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. Of course, more players will be added as current players continue to compile stats and gain status in the hobby. My short-term investments typically mean I'm holding for less than three years, um, and they're mostly comprised of Bowman Chrome prospect autographs. So I'm in for not the quick flip, but the longer-term flip. So a lot of these Bowman Chrome prospect cards are of prospects who are just starting their minor league career. So for me, I, I like to see them go through at least around AAA. So starting from around high A to double A, I'll hold them for a couple years and then either I'll make a decision to keep holding until they hit the majors or you'll kind of see a pattern and realize that these prospects might never make it. And so you just have to cut bait. I absolutely love playing this, playing the game of prospects. For me, it's like playing the stock market. I invest in these prospects. I wait for the prospects to develop and hope and pray that they do well. And then I sell when they've hit their high point. Their high point could be, you know, AAA. They might have a really good year. I remember back a decade plus ago when Brandon Wood of the Angels had this awesome, crazy double A year, but who knew that would be the top, right? So there's, you have to keep track of how these players are doing to sell at its high point, to sell at its peak. And that's the game that I really like playing um, on the short-term investment side. What I love about sports cards is that I'm always learning. I've been surprised so many times talking to the many teenagers and having them teach me things about certain aspects of sports cards. I personally like to focus what I'm good at and enjoy, similar to my standard investment philosophy, but every person I meet has taught me some new aspect of sports cards that I became more open to, whether that's making money, such as flipping cards, or having a unique collection and understanding that origin. So sports cards to me helped me evolve as a collector. Before I wrap up this episode, I have a couple asks. Number one, if you don't mind supporting the podcast, please share this podcast with your network, rate the podcast, review it, and please subscribe. This helps more than you'll ever know. Number two, if you have any inspiring quotes that you love or get inspiration from, please share them with me and I'll read them in the upcoming episodes. As a reminder, you can find the show notes at omgmymoney.com slash three. If you ever have any questions, please reach out to me. I'll answer every question. This show is about you, and I'd love to see the community grow. Let's learn, improve, inspire, and collaborate. Thanks for listening. See ya.